0: On Nick Kirby here, and welcome to Chatterbox Reds, proudly sponsored by DSC Commodities. Coming up in just a minute, myself, Craig Sandlin, Bryce Spaulding, and Mitch, aka Reds and Four, went over some of the Reds 2024 zips projections. We gave our predictions on which ones will go over and which ones will go under. Before we get to that, I wanted to tell you about our proud sponsor that is. Deep South Commodities. DSC is a leader in renewable commodities for biofuels production, specializing in used cooking oil collection, aggregation, and sales. Visit www.DeepSouthCommodities.com for more information. Thanks, as always, to our friends at DSC who make Chatterbox Reds possible. All right, so today's podcast will be the offensive Zips projections. That's the Reds hitters. And then tomorrow, we will have the pitching projections for you, so look out for another podcast episode in your feed on Friday morning, January 26th. Today's episode, however, will start with a brief conversation with Craig, Bryce, and Mitch about the big news around the NL Central. Milwaukee Brewers signed first baseman Reese Hoskins to a two-year, $34 million deal, and the Pittsburgh Pirates signed Aroldis Chapman to a one-year deal. 11 million dollar deal
1: aroldis chapman going to the pirates is really weird to me i don't know if it was just a sign that the the rest of the league is out on aroldis chapman or what but that was a weird signing to me i know nick you're high on the pirates um so i'll let you talk a little bit about where you think he fits in
2: before nick jumps in there i'll tell you exactly why the pirates want aroldis chapman because The Royals signed him and traded him for Cole Reagans last year, who's now looking like a frontline starter. So the Pirates are just going (laughs) to take him and flip him, which I mean, more power to him. It might work out for him, but worst case scenario, you're trading a high leverage arm.
3: No, I think both the signings are quality signings, especially the Reese Reese Hoskins one. I think that dude is very underrated. He's a really, really good hitter. I think he's averaging like 33 homers per year, and that's really the one thing that Brewer lineup was missing was – a bonafide power guy. So the Brewers are going to be competitive again. I think Mick is a little bit higher in the Pirates than I am, but I think the Pirates will be decent. I think the Cubs will be good. The Cardinals will will bounce back. So the Central is going to be really competitive one through five. So
0: it'll be a fun year. Yeah, I think the Pirates are sneaky. They're sneaky competitive. Um, I, I don't think I'd predict them to win the NL Central by any means, but I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world. Uh, I mean that that lineup's good. Their pulpit is really really good now, especially when you add in Chapman. So I mean I agree that that probably there's a good chance they end up flipping him, and that was a big motivation, like Mitch said. But I, I'm not putting it past the Pirates to to make this a race and to to hang around you know deep into the season. Uh, the Reese Hopkins signing, I mean that's a really good signing for the Brewers. Um, I mean I don't know if I would have loved it as much for the Reds. I, I I think Hoskins obviously has a higher ceiling than Candelario. But I feel like Candelario fits more the Reds just having that safe, more reliable bat where the Brewers, they need more upside in their offense. They need to kind of, you know, take that big swing. So I think that made a lot of sense for them. I think it makes them a lot more dangerous. And yeah, this division is really, really tough one through five. I think it's going to make for a really fun season.
1: Yeah, I mean, Nick, you've talked about it at length, but taking a swing at a short te- term deal is not a bad thing, especially for a team that thinks that they have a chance to be competitive. So Reese Hoskins signed a two year, $34 million deal for a team like the Brewers. That's really not that big of a risk. Um, the, the, the question of course is just going to be who are you getting here? I mean, Reese didn't play at all this past year, obviously due to injury. So um, definitely a risk, but, no different than the risk the Reds are taking with Frankie Montas. High upside.
0: It it was, yeah, just about to say that exact same thing. It kind of feels like this is the Brewers version of Frankie Montas. The Reds don't have those stable pitchers that have, have proven themselves like the Brewers have with, with Burns and Peralta. Um, So the Reds, they brought in Frankie Montas to have that potential to be that guy that, that, that if he's able to stay healthy, it ends up being a front of the, the rotation, top of the rotation starter, whereas the Brewers, they don't have the big big thumpers in their lineup, so they take a shot with Brees Hoskins. So Yeah, I think it makes sense, and uh, it's going to be a a fun season. All right, so the Zips projections came out a couple weeks ago for the Reds. Uh, If you're unfamiliar with Zips, um, Zips is uh, the gold standard projection system. There's no perfect projection system, but Zips is probably the most established and the most well-known. They basically give you projections on – um, every player, what they're expecting out of them. Um, I, I, I've found Zips to be very, very useful over the years just to kind of give you an idea of what to expect. One thing that Zips does seem to maybe have, a, I don't want to say a flaw because it's, it's very difficult to predict, but maybe one of the, the downsides of Zips has been younger players and how you're going to project them. Um, so take some of these with a grain of salt, um, but we're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to go around the room. Um, we're not going through every single player's uh projection for each one for, for just an example. Uh there was a, a projection um of uh of Matt McClain to bat 252. I think we'd all pretty easily take the over on that. So I tried to pick ones that were a little bit more interesting, that maybe there'll be a little bit of a debate. Uh don't kill us. We we love all these players. But we're going to try to keep it real. We're going to try to keep it balanced because, if, you know, in my heart, I I want to stay over on every single one of these. I think we've got about twenty five of these, um, um. But I know that's not the reality. So uh, some of it will be a, maybe a little bit more to be a contrarian, but to be a contrarian also within reason because you know some of these aren't going to work out. All right, so let's just jump into it. First one, blah 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 blah. Matt McLean, three point two wins above replacement. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the wins above replacement, that is basically the all-encompassing tool of of how many player how, how many wins a player is worth, uh, basically above the replacement. What you would expect calling up someone from the minor leagues last season, Matt McLean was worth exactly 3.2 <laughs> wins above replacement in just 89 games. I'm going to start with Mitch. I'm going to throw you right into the fire on this. Mitch, does Matt McLean go over or under 3.2? wins above replacement in 2024.
2: Yeah, Nick, you know, I, I had to come in, you know, come in swinging. I had to come in optimistic, though. So I'm going over on the Matt McClain 3.2 wins above replacement. Uh, to clarify for folks out there, we're doing fan graphs for, right? A little F4. Yes. All yes. right. So I am – I'm banking – I think the bat might regress a little bit, but I'm banking on the defensive upside because he's moving to second base. I think he's going to be an elite defensive second baseman. But I think he's going to smash
0: through that number. Bryce, we'll go to you next.
3: Yeah, I'm in the same boat as Mitch. I actually had had the exact note written down. I actually kind of comp him to Hassan Kim in some ways, um, where he's really good defensively at second base, can be serviceable at shortstop, even above average at times. So um, I think he's going to provide a lot of defensive value while he may, like you said, you may regress some offensively, but I think he'll fall within that, that three, five, four range over, over 150, 162 games.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're just going to repeat ourselves all night. I'm afraid. Hopefully we'll get into some more uh, competitive numbers later on, but yeah. um, You mentioned a 3.2 war over 89 games. I mean, war is a cumulative stat. So as the season goes on, assuming he stays healthy, uh, that number can, can accumulate over time. Uh, certainly expect Matt McLean to contribute uh, defensively, as both Mitch and Bryce mentioned. The other thing that F War takes into consideration that I ma- think Matt McLean brings to the table is his base running ability. Um, that I, you know, there may be a regression at the plate, but you're not going to see a regression base running and you're not going to see a regression defensively. So for me, it's an over on Matt McLean 3.2 war.
0: I'm taking the under. I'm going to be the. Uh... The contrarian here. I think this is going to be close. Uh, I, I I do think the the bat, like Mitch said, is going to regress some. Just I mean, hitting two ninety, he had a three eighty five BABIP last year. Uh, I do think it, it's it's normal to project that the the bat will um, regress a little bit. Uh, there has been some injury concerns with Matt McClain. He was injured in the minors in twenty twenty two. He's injured in the majors in twenty twenty three. So again, the three point two is a that's a high number. For a sophomore season, uh, especially for a guy that wasn't a uh, top 50 prospect when he was called up, so I'm going to take the under. I think it'll be. I, I think, I think this this one might be one of those ones where we're into September and it's right there, and it might be a fun one to track as the season goes along. All right, number two, let's go to the uh, one of the newer Reds, Jamer Candelario. OPS plus projection of 113. 2023, uh, he was at 119 OPS plus in 140 games. If you're unfamiliar with OPS plus, a 100 is an average number. Um, so if you're, you know, right at 100, your average. Jonathan Andy, for example, was right at 100 last year. He was exactly average. Um, if you are at 119, you're 19 percent above average. And this is a, a statistic that that factors in. The ballpark factors. So playing Great American Ballpark does hurt this number a little bit. Um, I'm going to start with Bryce on this one. Jamer Candelaria, one thirteen OPS plus.
3: You're a good one to start with here because I'm going under one thirteen. It's not because I dislike candelaria signing, but you got to factor in the GABP dip like you talked about for, for OPS+. plus. So I do think he performs very similarly to what he has in three of the last four seasons, but a, a 780 OPS in Detroit isn't equivalent to the 760 or 770 OPS in Cincinnati. So I think he'll be right around like 108, 110, um, which is still a very serviceable, very good player to have in your lineup every day, but I'm going to go under 113.
0: Craig, we'll go to you next.
3: Yeah,
1: this was a interesting one for me. Kind of looking uh, at the numbers he put up in Detroit. Obviously, his OPS plus there uh, was was over that, especially in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one when he posted numbers one twenty plus uh, both of those years. Um, you know, I, I think I think looking at Candelario and at GABP, I think he brings some impressive numbers and impressive power to the ballpark. So um i i actually went over on this one i think it's a little bit of a toss-up but uh i went over on 113 plus
0: mitch we'll go to you next
2: i went under uh similar reason as bryce i don't hate the signing i love the signing but uh something with new contracts uh players always come in kind of swinging out of their shoes trying to justify the money i think there might be a little adjustment period for uh for jamer but you know we'll see uh but yeah i took the under
0: I'm also going to take the under on Candelario. Uh, I do like the signing. I, I think if I was maybe doing wins above replacement, I think he might actually beat out his, his projection of 2.6. I even think he might beat out his projection of 23 home runs um, at Great American Ballpark. But a 112 OPS or 113 OPS plus, you know, kind of given his profile is going to be tough to match. I think that's a really good projection from Zips, though. I think it's going to be one of those that, that's probably right there. Um, again, love the signing, just don't think that that one probably hits uh, if I have to to make a, a call one way or the other. All right, the next one. Uh, I picked Ellie De La Cruz 23 home runs because it was the only one that I think maybe you could make a reasonably case that you're not going to project over. I think probably every single other category, all of us would have projected over. Uh, I'll go first on this one. I'm high on Ellie De La Cruz. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Ellie De La Cruz gets MVP votes next year. I'm smashing the over on this. I think Ellie De La Cruz could wake out of bed and hit 30 home runs in a full season. Uh, let's go to uh, Bryce next on this one.
3: Yeah, I'm with Nick. Uh, he hit 25 last year between triple and in the big leagues, and 28 the year before that. He he feels like a guy that he gets 650 play appearances, like you said. He's going to back into 28 to 30 bombs. Like even with his struggles last year, he hit 13 and what 90. 95 games something like that mm-hmm. so i mean that's even with some really bad struggles for two months so I, I expect him to he's gonna have a couple months where he's literally the best player in the game he's probably gonna hit 20 home runs in those two months so very excited for, for ellie i'm gonna take the over mitch
2: yeah uh, nick frankly you could have put any number next to that on <laughs> any stat that would hit the over so yeah over for me
1: craig <laughs> uh take us 13 home runs in 98 games last year projected out over 162 it's only 21.4 differences he's not going to have a month-long slump this year he's going to come out <laughs> hot uh i'm taking the over but don't be surprised to see ellie focus on getting on base this year a little bit more i think last year one of the things was he was focusing a lot on trying to swing for the fences we've seen some video this offseason of him with a more compact swing um so we might be looking to get on base more but the thing that i like is that When you stop trying is when they start coming. So I'm going over still.
0: All right. Our first, uh, our first shoe in. So surely it will be under, go ahead and (laughs) go and bet the other way. It feels like that's the, uh, the kiss of death. All right. I love this next projection because I feel like this is one of the more interesting ones that I think might have a lot of debate. Maybe we all four go the same way on this one, but I think this is such an interesting one. So TJ Friedel, one Oh one OPS plus, Last year was 118 in 138 games. Uh, TJ Friedel, it's is very obvious. Uh maybe the most uh easy candidate to say he's going to regress some just looking at his profile. Uh let's start with Craig on this one. Craig, TJ Friedel over under 101 OPS Plus.
1: Friedel's been the name that everybody throws out there is the one that's gonna regress or is the most obvious to regress. Um, I'm not opposed to that. I I think it's probably likely, but even before that is two years prior, uh, one Oh four and one Oh two OPS pluses. Um, I do think that his ability to get on base is going to help push him over that number. Um, so I'm still going with the over.
0: I'll go next. I'm, I'm taking the over two on this. Uh, it feels like the one you should, you should kind of just say, yeah, TJ Frito's going to be the guy that regresses. I just, it's really hard for me to see him, dipping down that far that is a long dip uh you know even if maybe he's not able to get as many bunt singles you know the 18 home runs it's just man he just does so many things to to get on base uh you know he's still at an eight and a half walk rate eight and a half percent walk rate i think he's going to get this over i think it'll probably be close but i'm taking the over uh mitch let's go to you next
2: yeah, this was, uh, this was one of the tougher ones, too, uh, when you sent out the lines. But I also took the over on this. Uh, I can understand where people are coming from, wanting to be under. Uh, but I think Friedel gets tight cast a little bit. I think he actually has kind of more extra base hits to his game than people give him credit for. And people just kind of see him and think he's a regression candidate. But, man, you look at
3: his stat line, and it seems sticky. So I'm sticking with the over. We're going 4 for 4 again. I'm going over. Yeah. The thing about Friedel that I don't think people realize is he made a very drastic swing change in August of last year. And in his last seven hundred and fifteen plate appearances in the big leagues, he has a one twenty two OPS plus. One twenty two is a legitimate number. And I don't I mean that's a pretty big fall. That's that's twenty one percent below where he is at the last year and a half in the big league. So I'm I'm bullish on Friedel. I think he's gonna have another good year.
1: forty eight extra base hits last year. Friedel.
0: I hey, mean, last year he was at 116. That's that's way to run triples. It's very similar. I'm looking at different pages, but uh 116 and he only had a 308 babip. So it's not like he mm-hmm. you know had this crazy luck or anything like that. So um I, I'm a big TJ Friedel fan. I think eventually he probably should be moved down to the number nine spot. Um, I have no problem if he's opening day leadoff hitter, and then maybe you kind of let some of the the, the younger guys, you know, kind of work their way up and be a little more comfortable. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I'm i high on DJ Freedom. All right, I'm surprised we all four went that way, but I, uh, I like it. Spencer Steer, 112 OPS plus last year, 119 in 156 games. Can you believe Spencer Steer played 156 games for the Reds last year? Uh, let's start with uh, Mitch on this. Spencer Steer, 112 OPS plus, over or under?
2: This was the single hardest line you threw out there for me. I went back and forth on this one a lot. Uh, I went over to the Zips projection page, and I had to figure out what it looked like as an actual OPS, and it was 803. When I saw that, I felt pretty confident taking the over. So I think I'm going to take the
3: over on this one. I like Steer. I think he's going to make an adjustment, hit for a little more power yeah i'm in the same boat and and one thing that i think factors into this is he's probably going to face less right-handed pitching in 2024 which isn't a bad thing he's a really good hitter he's a phenomenal hitter against left-handed pitching i think it's more opportunities against them i think his numbers will only look better moving forward so i'm going to go over as well Craig.
1: um you know we'll see what you have to say here but maybe i'm in i'm alone on this one i I don't see Steer hitting 23 home runs again. There's nothing in his background, either in minors or otherwise, that tells me that that power is sustainable. Um, I'm not sure if that was an approach change or what happened. I just don't see that happening again this year. I like Spencer Steer a lot. I just I took the under on 112.
0: I'm under as well. I think this was the easiest under for me, actually, as I was going through this. Um, now, if, if Spencer Steer gets into a full platoon role, uh, he's going to smash that over, I think. Uh, because he he, if you look at his profile or look at his numbers in the minor leagues, there was a very drastic difference between right-handed and left-handed pitching. I'm just not sure if he's a full-time player or close to it that he's going to be able to hit above average against right-handed pitching. Um, he, he'd have to hit. So if you're an average hitter against right-handed pitching, man, you really have to mash the lefties to, to get up to you know up up to like a a 112 OPS plus. So I think Steer's probably the one player that maybe Reds fans are a little too high on right now going into the season. If I if I did have to pick one, doesn't mean he's, he's not a very valuable player. Play a lot of different positions, uh, provides good balance to this team against against left-handed pitching, and, and is really has incredible numbers about the minor leagues get left-handed pitching. But yeah, I, I I'm pretty confident on the the under here. All right, let's go to. Jonathan India. Will he be a red? Will he not? I I mean, it's January 24th. We'll see. Uh, We're we're making this projection as if he's a red one Oh three OPS plus last year, right at 100. I'll uh, I'll start it out. I think as hot as high as I think it's people are too high on Spencer steer. I think people are the exact opposite on Jonathan India. Uh, I'm taking the over on the one Oh three OPS plus, um it just he's battled a lot of injuries battled a lot of other things I almost think that if India kind of settles into like just playing the outfield and playing four or five times a week it it might actually kind of take a little bit of pressure on the more he does it uh but yeah I think I just think 103 that's that's low I I think India can do that Craig
1: this is going to be the start of a theme for me over the next uh several picks here but One of the things that I think that the Reds did really well at this year in the offseason was adding depth. And I think one of the things that people are underestimating is the value that that is going to give to guys in terms of the matchups that they're going to face. And so I could see a situation here where Jonathan India is put in a role with more favorable matchups on a, you know, every other day basis or whatever it makes out to be and almost see similar... Uh, production to what we saw out of Nick Senzel last year, once he was put into a similar role um, where he came in and really mashed left handed pitching. And so uh, for me, I took the over. I think Jonathan India has put in better situations this year and not have to perform every single day. Uh, And so I'm going over.
0: Mitch, let's go to you next.
2: You guys are making some really strong points. I think the Reds' fan base is lower on India than they should be. I think he's a good player. All that being said, I'm taking the under. And I think it's I think it's going to be a drama-filled year with India. I really do. It, everything's kind of – you know, everybody keeps saying everything's fine, but, like, the amount of times you have to say everything's fine kind of makes you think it isn't <laughs> fine. And I think it's going to bleed over a little bit into the performance at the plate. So I'm taking the under. I still – I still like India. I think he's a good baseball player, but under for me.
3: Yeah, we kind of flipped up here. You all took the under on Steer. I'm taking the under on India. So uh, I agree with Mitch in a lot of ways. Like, it's hard whenever a guy plays every day for his entire career, and then he's put into a situation where he's not playing every day. And I think that some guys just are in a rhythm, and and I think it showed in 2021. He literally – he was never hurt. He played the whole year, and he had a great year. And then the last two years, he's kind of been off and on injured and in and out of the lineup. And he he struggled. He's 94 OPS plus and 100 OPS plus the last two years. So some guys are made to play 160 games and have that rhythm and have that where they face every guy that that no matter what the other team's throwing out there. So um, I went under as well. I don't think it'll be much, but I think 98 to 100 is kind of maybe just who Jonathan India is at this point. Shout out
1: to Jonathan India's fiance gave birth today. So congratulations to to Jonathan and his fiance.
0: Look at that big league scoop from Craig Sandlin; He's on top of it. Yeah. uh, It'll be interesting with India. I, though, the the one thing we do have to remember with Jonathan India though, he's only got a couple more years before he hits free agency and whether he wants to be in a platoon role or a bench role or whatever role, he has to play well because he's in a spot where next year he, he can get a drastic pay raise. Um, He he also could be at a point where he has to play well in the first half to be able to give himself some trade value to get traded into a good spot. If, if that's even the direction. So while, yeah, I mean, sure. He, he may not love his role. The guy's still got, is, is still playing for money. He's playing to earn a contract. So um, I'll be interested to see. I would love, I think it would be an incredible story if India does accept a roll to left field. It just absolutely crushes it. We kind of see some of that 2021 India that just grinder guy that just gets on base uh, that, that has really incredible competitive at bats. I think it could be an awesome story. Maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I've been known to do that once or twice, but uh, I'm a, uh, I'm a, i am i am I think this could work. I think this could work. All right. Tyler Stevenson a 1.6 wins above replacement projection last year, negative 0.7 in 142 games. I'll start off. I'm taking the over. I'm a believer. I think he's going to work hard this offseason. Tyler Stevenson's in the exact same spot as Jonathan India. He's got to play to earn some money. I think he's going to make some adjustments. Uh, I'm hopeful that a full offseason of health for him, can really do him wonders. Remember last year coming off that that really difficult surgery. Uh, I, I think Tyler Stevenson not only gets that 1.6, I think he's I think he could push into the mid to high twos. Craig, let's go to you next.
1: Wow. Mid to high twos, Nick. Uh I, I that would be shocking considering 2021, which is a year that everyone thought he was amazing. He was a 2.0, but uh, you know, to mid-shitter, each their own. Mid-shitter.
0: He was
1: a pitcher that year. <laughs> yeah, um, I I went under. Um, I do think that that he improves and probably improves significantly um, if he can get back to 2022 numbers when he was a 1.5 WAR. I think that's a, a great response for him. Um, I do think what'll be interesting to see is how the Reds use use uh, melee this year um, in the other catching role. Uh, especially if Tyler Stevenson doesn't get off to a hot start. Um, it'll just be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I think he improves drastically over what we saw out of him this year. I just don't know that he gets quite to 1.6.
3: Yeah, I went under as well. Um, Van Graaff's war really takes into account framing in, in catching defensive war, and he's legitimately one of the worst defensive framing catchers in baseball, unless he really, really improves on that. It's going to be hard. It's going to be an uphill battle for him to get to that number unless he just really like Wilson Contreras level hits. So I don't know if he has Wilson Contreras level, like 135 WRC plus in him. So I went under as well. Mitch.
2: I'm I'm under for the same reasons everyone listed. Uh, I think Craig brought up a good point too, about playing time. There's a world where he doesn't even play enough to accumulate 1.6 WAR If melee mm-hmm. takes over that starting job and I mean, frankly, injuries are part of his past, too. So I I was pretty confident in this under.
0: All right. We shall see. Tyler Stevenson last year, um, 85 weighted runs created plus the year before, 135. Now that was smaller. 2021 was 111. I think the bat is going to come up quite a bit. I, I do agree with everyone else's points that in the catching metrics can really be fluky with, like, wins above replacement. So it, it'll be interesting to see if. If I think we all probably think he's going to be better than an 85, like WRC plus, um, it'll be interesting to see if 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 some of the hopeful even small improvements defensively can push him up above that number or not. All right, the next one, Christian Encarnacion Strand, a 112 OPS plus last year, 113 in 63 games. This is a pretty high number for uh, a guy that. uh, has only played uh, 63 big league games to have this high of a number. I'm going to start out with this. Smashing the over on this one. I believe a Christian Encarnacion strand. I feel like what he did last year, I feel like he barely even scratched the surface. I don't even feel like we even saw close to what he could be offensively. And he still got that 112. I think he could be pushing into the, the, the 120s, maybe even the 130s. I think he's a legit hitter. I think he's going to have a big season for the Reds. Um, I'm very, very high on CES. Let's go to Mitch next. With
2: you for all the same reasons. Uh, I think he has untapped power. I think Great American is going to play like a little league field for him. I think we're going to see some ridiculous home runs this year. Uh, it's something that's not impacted by playing time either. That That's my only concern is maybe his glove plays in, but his OPS plus, I mean, frankly, it might be helped by a platoon role. So, I'm all
1: in. I'm over. Look, I love CES as much as everybody, but uh, I look at last year's numbers and I see an OPS of 685 against left handed pitchers and 844 against right handed pitchers. And quite frankly, I expect him to be an everyday guy this year. And I think that he's going to be super successful. And I think we're going to be very happy with what we get out of him. But being in a role where he's going to have to play every single day, um, I struggled to see him to get to 112.
3: I went under. All right. Bryce? Yeah, this is probably my easiest over. I, I watched the guy throughout his minor league career, and you talked about the zip number being a little high, but I listened to Dave, or is his name Dan Simbowski, uh, talk about kind of how he projects younger players, and he takes into account like their performance at the upper minor league levels and so on and so forth there. and All CES has done is hit no matter where he's at, he's kind of just defies everything that you think of with a hitter. He chases a lot. He swings and misses a lot, but he still produces at just crazy rates. So I went over as well. um, And I feel really, really confident in that one.
1: I'll be happy to be the only one wrong on that one.
2: (laughs) Bryce, I'm worried. I don't think we've, I think we've picked the same thing every time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Got to mix it up somewhere. Fellas.
2: The Reds Twitter group. Think man. (laughs) Get out of my brain.
0: (laughs) Will Benson, uh every Zips projection felt like such an easy over. This was the only one that maybe was a little bit questionable. Uh 68 walks. He had 40 in 108 games last season. Uh Bryce, let's start with you on this. Will Benson over under 68 walks.
3: Yeah, so my mind works as in like percentages. So I did 420 plate appearances, kind of a a pretty good projection for Benson. I feel like that's a good number. And if he walks 12% of the time, that's only 50 walks. So I went under. This was like a really easy under for me.
1: Again, 40 last year uh, with Fraley healthy this year, hopefully uh, contributing in the outfield um, with additional depth across the roster I love Will Benson. I think there's some people in the chat that are going to be mad at me for this, but Will Benson's going to go back to being a platoon role player this year. He's not going to have the at-bats to accumulate 66 walks. It just legitimately don't know where this number came from.
2: Mitch? The under for all the same reasons. Uh, Good rationale all around. I agree with everything.
0: I feel like I have to take the over just because I love Will so much. I'm taking the under. I think Will's probably one B to steer as maybe the 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 position players I think the Reds fans are probably a little bit too high on. Love Will Betts, I think he'd be a very, very valuable platoon player for the Reds. Um, but yeah, I, I just I don't I don't know if I don't think he's gonna get enough. I don't think he's ever gonna slide in an everyday role, and that's fine. I, I think there's very, very few left-handed batters that that really you should just consider that with. So yeah, we're all on the under there. Noelvi Marte, 14 home runs. 2023 20, total was three in 35 games. This was kind of the interesting one with Marte. This is um very tough because it's and I and I wanted it to be tough because you're 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 looking at playing time, you're looking at so many factors on, you know, does he stay healthy all year to get to that 14 number? Uh Mitch, let's start with you. Noelvi Marte, 14 home runs.
2: I actually, I found this one pretty easy and I went under. So I have, I think I'm the only person in the fan base with doubts about Noel B. Marte's playing time. I think he still has things to prove in AAA. he has options. He's the closest guy there. I think there's a world where he starts in AAA, and that's no, that's nothing on the projection that I have for him going forward. But uh, I'm mean, the guy only hit 14 home runs last year between double a triple a major league baseball. And that's, You know, that's double-A, triple-A pitching. So I still think he has untapped power in his bat. He can hit the ball hard, but he's hammering the ball into the ground right now. So I'm taking the under.
0: Uh, Still love Marte, though. Bryce, let's go to you next.
3: Still, We're still, uh, whatever we are, 100% Mitch. I went under as well. And I'm probably the biggest Novi Marte guy in the entire Reds fan base. And I believe that. Um But, like, as Mitch talked about, the elevation is still a concern. He was working on his swing in the Dominican Winter League before he got hurt. So I, I think that's another thing as well. They could put him in AAA for a couple weeks, and, and a month in AAA really does hinder a lot of your counting stats as well. So um, I think he does come up and, and plays well at some point this year. The Reds will need him to play well at some point this year. But I agree for all those concerns, so I'm going under. Craig?
1: uh look i mean you touched on it in the intro to this zero home runs in his first 52 at bats uh three home runs in the last uh in his last 63 at bats um i think he's much more likely to be closer to a home run every 20 at bats than he is to every 52 at bats uh project that out over a year and i think he smashes past 15 and by smashes i mean he pushes 20 um but i i think uh i i i i'm pretty high on Marte. um obviously Candelario will spell him a little bit at third base from time to time um but i i actually think that he becomes one of those guys where you can rely on him pretty regularly uh i know he smashed the ball into the ground a lot uh this past year but he was getting on base he was he was productive for the team and ultimately it's hard to put a guy like that in the minor leagues um and so I'm going over
0: all right good points all around Mr E pointed out Marte does have a 19 game hitting streak one of the season which is just wild I, I cannot believe how well Noelvi Marte performed in 2023 in the in, in those uh 35 games that he played what he did was incredible because he was so far ahead of schedule. Like, I think we all going into last year said, yeah, maybe he's a September call-up if things really, really go right for him. So for him to come up and have that much success was incredible. I would be shocked if he starts the year in AAA. I'm a little bit different there. I I I think the Reds would be making a massive mistake sending him to AAA to start the year. I do kind of expect, though, that he will start 2023 slow just because or 2024 slow just because it's just going to be so hard to live up to what he did. I'm taking the under, but I, I do think this will be a close race. Um, I could definitely see him. I don't think it'd be completely shocked to see him hit 20, but this is the one projection that I'm looking at and I could see Noelvi Marte hitting like six or seven at the end of the year, or I could see a bit 25. I really could see it swaying that much. It just depends on, you know, um, how well he kind of hits the ground running uh, next season all right Jake Fraley 13 home runs is his projection hit 15 in 111 games last season I'll start with this one uh Fraley's obviously been a, his injuries have have really been what's hampered him um it's hard to really count on Jake Fraley for probably more than a 100 games um I still think he hits this over. I think Jake Fairley might play 90 games and hit this over. Um, because you have to remember, hitting 15 and 111 last year, the last like 20 or 30 of those games, there was no chance of him hitting a home run. He had he was on one leg, you know, he was just basically drawing walks and you know trying to have some some competitive at bats down the stretch. So I I think he might need he might need 75 games to hit 13 home runs. I think he's a bona fide power hitter. So I'm I'm definitely on the over here. Craig, let's go to you next.
1: Yep. Uh, You touched on it. The same things for me. So uh, for Fraley, 15 home runs in 111 games. Uh, But like you said, the last 19 of those was after his injury. Uh, He sat out most of August, uh, came back for September, Uh, 19 games played, 13 of them were starts, zero home runs in 53 plate appearances. That's just not a number that I expect for Fraley if he's healthy, uh, which is an important piece of this all, obviously. Uh, you know, I'm going to stay optimistic, say that he's healthy, and say that he goes over.
0: Mitch, let's go to you
2: next. I'm going to read my note on this one. It says, Hell yeah, hammering this over. So, yeah, for <laughs> all the reasons listed, Fraley's, Fraley's legit, man. I don't know what his projection's doing that low.
3: Bryce? Yeah, yeah, this is probably. Probably one of the easier ones on here. That's for, for sure over for me as well.
0: I think Fraley's the most slept on hitter on the Reds right now, going into this season. Uh, I think he's the Reds' best hitter against right-handed pitching, and I don't think it's really all that close. Um, Ellie De La Cruz could absolutely have something to say about that. If if we we see the Ellie that we think can he can develop into at some point, we just don't know how quickly he's gonna get to that point but Jake, Jake Fraley is a proven bonafide stud against right-handed pitching. Um, man, if he can just stay healthy, if he can play 120 games, I think that that's one of the most, I think slept on keys to this season is Jake Fraley's health. Uh, and I think it really changes the reds ceiling as a, as an offense, um, overall. So yeah, looking, looking forward to, uh, looking forward to Jake Fraley, man, I, I I, do you guys think it'd be crazy if he could play 140 games that he hits like 30 home runs and, and, and you think, I think Jake fairly could have like that almost Jesse Winker 2021 season. Is, is that crazy? If he stays healthy.
2: I think it's in its range of outcomes with much more stolen bases and probably better defense than Winker ever gave us.
1: Last year, 302 at bats against a right hander and 34 against lefties so it's just really hard to project him playing 150 games
0: well some of those might be one at bat
1: (laughs) yeah well for sure (laughs) for sure yeah i mean potentially every single home run he hit last year was against a right-hander obviously wow is it out of the question for him to appear in 150 games no not if the situation presents itself but i i don't see fraley being an everyday right fielder regardless of who's on the mound
0: Yeah, I don't either. I I still think you could sneak into 30 home runs, though. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of Chatterbox Reds. We can't tell you enough how much we appreciate all of your support. If you've not yet subscribed to Chatterbox Reds on your favorite podcast platform, what are you waiting for? Do it right now. During spring training and the regular season, we are the only Reds podcast. That will have new episodes after every single game, and we will have plenty of off-season coverage between now and then, so be sure to stay tuned. Also, I ask one one small plea of you. If you could just please leave us a five-star review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I can't tell you how much that helps us grow the show, helps us beat the algorithm, and all that kind of stuff. So please, quick five-star review wherever you are listening to this podcast, and we would really, really appreciate that. Also, make sure you subscribe to Chatterbox Sports on YouTube so you can join us live after every single Reds game in 2024 and be a part of the conversation. Hit the bell up in the top right corner and turn on notifications so you can get alerts on your phone whenever we go live. And before I let you go, I do want to tell you about some other great content that we do have here on Chatterbox Sports. First off, our flagship show, Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. That is 10 a.m. to noon, Monday through Friday on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Tom and the guys tackle all sorts of sports topics from NFL, NBA, college hoops, college football, and beyond. Uh, Tom and the guys have a lot of fun, always with a Cincinnati flavor with their sports talk, but they also talk about all the national stories and everything you need to know as well. That's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube, also available everywhere that you get podcasts, and then our newest show, Chatterbox Bearcats, with host Chuck Walter. Uh, Chuck was uh, on Reds Live for a while. Uh, did a really great job with that. Has a ton of media experience, and he is a big time host. Him and his friend Houdini hosts this show covering UC sports. They go live on YouTube after every single UC basketball game. Their show has really been growing as UC as their first season in the Big Twelve. So be sure to check out Chatterbox Bearcats. That's on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. And then Chatterbox Bearcats, also available everywhere that you get podcasts. And then lastly, be sure to check out the Chatterbox Shop. That is on www.chatterboxsports.com. All kinds of great merchandise for you. Um, really, really cool stuff that uh, the folks there continue to put out. So be sure to check out. That's on chatterboxsports.com. Links to all of the things that I just talked about are in the episode notes today below. So be sure to check that out. And again, thanks so much for tuning in. I hope that you have a fantastic day. And as always, and most importantly, go Reds.